Welcome, Sick. everyone. My name's Ashley Lindley. I'm the Vice Chair of the Human Rights Commission here in Iowa City this year. It's a pleasure to see all of you here this morning. We're really excited to honor some amazing folks this morning that have done awesome human rights work in our community. And thank you as well to those that are joining us virtually. No, we couldn't quite get everybody here today, but we're uh, very thankful for those tuning in uh, online as well. This is actually the 38th year that the city has hosted the Human Rights Awards, and I'm happy to now be here for my third year to celebrate all of the, as our mayor would say, awesome and amazing folks in our community. Before we start the program, I do want to acknowledge that we are meeting today in the community of Iowa City, which now occupies the homelands, or which uh, <laughs> occupies the homelands, excuse me, of Native American nations to whom we owe our commitment and dedication. Uh, this area was originally within the homelands of the Iowa, Meskwaki, and Sauk, and because history is complex and time goes back far beyond memory, we also acknowledge the ancient connections of many other indigenous peoples here. The history of broken treaties and of forced removal that dispossessed indigenous peoples of their homelands was and is an act of colonization and genocide that we cannot erase. We implore the Iowa City community to commit to understanding and addressing these injustices as we work toward equity, restoration, and reparations. So the Human Rights Commission was actually started back in 1963 on August 20th, and the commission was formed primarily to combat housing discrimination um, against persons of color that uh, were encountering that here. A year later, the city did adopt a fair housing ordinance, and over the years, it has expanded the various duties that it uh, completes here in the community and also covers protections against uh, credit discrimination, education, employment, and uh, service establishments. And we now have a fantastic human rights ordinance here in Iowa City. In 2023, next year, we're celebrating a major milestone. It'll be 60 years for the Human Rights Commission, which is very exciting. Um, we're excited to see what happens. We just completed strategic planning this summer, and we've got a wonderful plan moving forward that we hope we're gonna see a lot of amazing things come out of. Uh, I am going to also honor today my amazing colleagues that I have had the pleasure of working with over the last few years. So when I do call your name, please come forward so you can be recognized. Chair Jason Glass, Doug Kolosh, Roger Lusala, Kelsey Paul Schantz, Bijou Maliabo, Mark Priest. And we also have a member who could not be here today, Sylvia Johns. And if everyone will please give them a round of applause for their service. It's such a pleasure to serve with you all. Okay, I think we've done the obligatory pictures. You can go sit now. <laughs> Except for Jason. You don't get to sit. <laughs> So I will now invite Chair Jason Glass to come forward. Uh, I also want to recognize that we have uh, several, in addition to our honorees, several elected officials and leaders here to also celebrate the honorees. So actually, if you wouldn't mind standing as well so we can give you a round of applause for your service and all of the things you do for our community. 
and now Chair Glass, if you would please come forward to present the awards. Thanks. Well, thank you, Ashley. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Jason Glass. I'm the chair of the Human Rights Commission this year. Perhaps the uh, greatest perk of being selected by the commission to serve in this role is getting the opportunity to honor those who do great work in our community. So both during the Youth Awards that we had last spring, which was a really cool experience, those of you that may have been there, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and now the grown-ups get their turn <laughs> So for today's Human Rights Awards. Uh, some of you may know that I'm a member of the Iowa National Guard, and over the last several years, we've increased our training around resiliency which is the ability to bounce back from adversity and thrive even in challenging circumstances. One of the simplest and most powerful tools in that training is called hunting the good stuff, uh, which before our training, we take a few moments to think of and say aloud some of the things that we've done or experienced recently that were positive and made us feel good. Could be a major life event like a promotion at work or attending a wedding or something much more routine like having a meal with a friend or getting a call from a family member or just getting a good night's sleep or having a relaxing cup of coffee in the morning. It's a profound reminder that there is far more to celebrate than we sometimes realize, and that there are things that we, and these are the things that we live for. There are always challenges in our world that can be the focus of our attention, and that's why we must work that much harder to remember and celebrate the good stuff. Today, we don't have to hunt very far to find some good stuff. Each of our honorees today are making a positive impact in our community through their actions, so after I read each award description and the honoree, I'll ask them to come forward and to receive their award and to say a few words. And although I have the pleasure of reading these descriptions, uh, I would like to thank the nominators who provided the bulk of the text and the nominations for all the great things that they're doing. Our first recipient is receiving the Bill Reagan Community Award. The Bill Reagan Community Award was established to recognize outstanding contributions by a business or organization to human rights in recognition of Bill's exemplary ten tenure as the executive director of the ARC of Southeast Iowa. The Iowa City Bike Library started in 2004 as a volunteer-run community bike project with a mission of getting more people on bikes. In recent years, under the direction of Audrey Wiedemeyer, the bike library has worked to eliminate financial and cultural barriers to ensure bicycling is accessible to all. The bike library is committed to building a culturally diverse volunteer base and strongly encourages persons of color, non-binary citizens, and all, of the, and all of us to take advantage of the complimentary pro public programs they offer. The library's philosophy is to encourage the mutual exchange of knowledge among patrons and volunteers by practicing a hands-off assisting approach, meaning the bike librarian effectively assists and instructs with doing the repair task themselves. Each interaction is seen as an opportunity to empower patrons and volunteers. Women's Night at the Bike Library offers bicycle repair instruction for women-identified and gender non-conforming individuals led by mechanics who also fit that description. Women Empowerment Ride is a girls cycling program that empowers nine to 14 year old girls to build self-confidence in a fun and safe manner while fostering an, appre an appreciation for the benefits cycling has to offer. Following the murder of George Floyd, the library offered the role of race and mobility justice, housing equity and economic opportunity with the Raise It Up Ride. The series offered an opportunity for bicyclists to learn more about and, and take on inequities in the Iowa City community by utilizing the self-guided ride resources, a digital story map, audio companion podcast, and along the route interactive exercises and a next step guide to educate themselves on the elements of systemic racism and injustice and how they came to be and how they exist today. 
Please give me, a, a, please join me in giving Audrey Wiedemeyer and the Iowa City Bike Library, Library a warm round of applause for their work in the community. That was a lovely introduction. I couldn't do this work without my awesome crew. Drew and Walter, they're here with me today. Um, I remember when I started about four and a half years ago, it was just me um, under a pile of bikes trying to figure out how to untangle everything. And um, we've come a long way in a couple years. Uh, we're honored to be here and represent the bike library and the nearly 50 volunteers that are active at any given time that make the shop run and run smoothly. Um, we're extremely grateful to the Human Rights Commission and the folks at the Climate Action Commission. Um, Stephanie, you've provided the city and us with a lot of resources. A lot of them are low or no cost, um, mostly no cost, um, that help us to educate uh, ourselves and the people that we serve and our volunteers. This tool that you provide and the city helps provide is a tool that we keep in our toolkit um, all the time. So we're constantly recommitting every day, each time we meet, uh, to doing better um, when it comes to human rights and, and equity. Um, as much as we can, we try to provide the same kind of low cost or no cost resources in the shop and when we can, especially with kids and especially with teens and especially people who are marginalized, we try to provide free bikes along with that kind of education too. We do try to take an individualized approach and make folks feel comfortable and try to do something special for each customer when they come in, even if that's just teaching them a proper way of shifting or using their brakes or helping them make adjustments on their seat or their grips on their handlebars so that they're the most comfortable for their body type. If we can do little things like that, people walk away feeling more empowered um, to get the most out of their vehicle. Feeling included in the bike community in general and feeling not only good on your bike, but in the act of riding, there, there are hurdles to that. Um, there are, are lots of hurdles when it comes to the cost of riding, um, know-how, car traffic, and whatnot, but feeling included also is a hurdle. Um, one of our volunteers said that the bike library feels like church, but the kind of church that doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. And I, I grew up in church, and I tried to get as far away from church as I could once I left. Um, but she didn't have that same kind of like need to get away from church. She really liked the community aspect of, of church. And the events and the programs and the people coming together said, she said that it reminded her of the community of when she went to church as a kid. We're able to create these connections by creating safe spaces and adhering to the hands-off assisting approach um, that Jason was talking about. There's a lot of joy that comes out of fixing one's own bike. And folks especially feel empowered when they realize they can use tools. Um, most folks, when they come into our shop, are not familiar with 
tools and bike specific tools especially. And when they leave or maybe they come back one other time, they're able to pass that knowledge and those skills along to their kids, to their friends, and to other people who are coming in to use the shop space. Um, so thank you for this award. Thank you for recognizing all the hard work we do um, to make this place a bike friendly community. The 2020, or 2022 International Award goes to Mary Kenyon. The International Award was established in 1998 to recognize the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Human Rights. The award enshrines the rights and freedoms of all people. Mary has spent countless hours ensuring that people from all backgrounds feel supported, uplifted, and heard in this community. She has volunteered her time and skills in communications to help several candidates of color run for public office by either managing their campaigns or assisting with editing campaign materials and websites. She became a member of the Black Voices Project to further utilize her skills. She has uplifted black voices by serving as the secretary and in communication roles. When something needs to be typed or written, you can count on Mary. Whenever she hears of a need with a family, Mary is on the front lines there as well. Whether she is serving as a repast to help a grieving family or donating funds to assist with a loss, Mary can always be counted on. And she does all of this without seeking the limelight or attention. But today, the limelight has found her. So please help me in congratulating Mary Kenyon. Thank you to the Iowa City Human Rights Commission and those who nominated me for this award. I have to tell you that I saw a social media post about this, uh, about these awards before I received an email notifying me that I received an award. And as I was reading through the list of these amazing community members who are being honored, I stumbled when I read the name Mary Kenyon. Oh, people are going to think it's me, and I'm going to have to explain. There's this other Mary Kenyon being recognized for human rights work. I better read about who she is. <laughs> who is she? She works to get people of color elected to public office, secretary and member of the Black Voices Project, a grassroots advocacy group. She stands with people from diverse backgrounds to ensure their voices are heard. Oh, wait. That is me. But it hasn't always been. For a really long time, I assumed that it was better to stay silent than to risk speaking up and possibly saying the wrong thing, causing offense. I stayed in a comfortable bubble where I, of course, believed in equity and deplored racism, but what could I do about others who didn't? It turns out it wasn't other people that I needed to focus on, but the systems that perpetuate, perpetuate inequity and racism. Some very generous and patient friends walked with me along this path to understanding that my voice could make a difference in our community, that my voice and presence as a white woman would lend credence to the voices in our society that are often ignored. 
It's not right that some people and institutions will listen to me while brushing off my non-white friends and community members, but we don't live in a utopia, and as long as white privilege is a reality, I'll keep using it as a megaphone for the black voices around me. Thank you. Isabel Turner, for whom the next award is named, was an activist for human rights and the environment. As a member of the advisory committee of the Johnson County Regional Planning Commission, she helped develop the countywide transportation plan. She also served on the Human Rights Commission for several years. Until her death in 1985, Isabel Turner worked for the rights of individuals to get fair treatment. Her volunteer service to the community, which covered many areas for many years, is her continuing legacy. The 2022 Isabel Turner Award goes to Mary Issa who has served as executive director of the National Alliance on Mental Illness in Johnson County over 15 years. Over that time, she has grown the affiliate to be one of the most active ones in the whole country. They provide extensive educational programming for people living with brain illness and their families through support groups, peer services, a peer drop-in center, and so much more. Mary has established effective working relationships with many community organizations and local leadership and has been improving the treatment of people with mental illness here and across the state. Mary is an advocate for educating people to destigmatize de mental health issues. She helps organize NAMI classes, informing people about the help available for individuals and families coping with their mental illness and understands that devastating impact a mental illness can have on them. Mary helped facilitate mental health first aid classes for the Iowa City Police Department to train officers on engaging with people with mental illness. Mary was also instrumental in creating our, our place, excuse me, a peer-run support program to help others living with mental health issues by providing a safe place to meet. Mary's relentless devotion to her work has impacted the lives of so many. She has endured difficult challenges during the growth process, but has never relented. Mary's leadership reaches very far. Please, please help me recognize Mary as she comes forward for her award. Thank you so much for this award. It's quite an honor to be um, nominated and recognized um, for my years of work with NAMI. And um, I'd like to thank my nominees uh, for being uh, role models for me for advocacy in our community. It's not easy to um, talk about mental illness and the impact it has in our community. And, um, but here we are, day after day, uh, working hard, raising awareness, educating the community, and letting people know who don't have a voice um, that we're here for them, to help them, help the family members get through a mental health crisis. So I thank you um, for recognizing um, not only my work, but the work of uh, the NAMI uh, community, because uh, whatever I do, I, I couldn't do without them uh, and their dedication to NAMI, because we're primarily a, a volunteer-driven uh, organization. And so it's a, a, it's a lot of voices behind me uh, pushing me forward um, to keep organizing and bringing people together. So thank you so much.
The Kenneth Camille Award is named after the former director of the University of Iowa's Center for Human Rights. He dedicated much of his time to encouraging students to pursue employment and work in the field of human rights around the globe. He initiated the Human Rights Internship Program within the Center for Human Rights and spent countless hours with students discussing the possibilities of meaningful work to promote a more and just and caring world community. The Kenneth Camille Award is designed to recognize a student who has followed up on their interest, interest in and knowledge of human rights by actively working in the field in the dedicated and determined way that Ken Camille advocated for during his lifetime. The 2022 Kenneth Camille Award goes to Jocelyn M. Williams, a native of Burlington who knew from a young age she would want to become a Hawkeye one day. I like that, go Hawks. Her natural curiosity forged a path for her to chase her dreams of helping to create a more equitable and just society for all. As an undergraduate at Iowa, she interned with the Center for Human Rights. She credits this experience with her ability to successfully pivot from an original postgraduate educational goal of law school to a master's in public affairs with a concentration in public policy. Over the summer, Jocelyn interned at the Housing Fellowship, an area nonprofit that provides quality homes that are affordable to people with limited incomes. Jocelyn was the ideal partner and advocate for the organization, demonstrating a strong commitment to housing as a human right and an evident curiosity as to how best to achieve greater equity in housing and the community. After graduating with her master's this spring, she plans on staying in the Iowa City area and hopes to continue working to advocate human rights in the community. Jocelyn is committed to finding a personal and professional path that affirms and adheres to her values as a champion of human rights and all that means as, as a professional locally. Thank you, Jocelyn, for your, your service to our community. Oh, here she is. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much to the commission, the commissioner, all of those on the commission, as well as my family for supporting me, Simon Andrew for being an amazing leader. I've learned so much. Um, I guess I want to start by listening and acknowledging all of the things that have been said before. I'm pretty young, so I'm still getting my feet under me and what human rights means, especially in this community. But like was mentioned, I did have the opportunity to intern with the UI Center for Human Rights, and I met a lot of amazing community leaders and advocates for human rights through that experience. That experience kind of set me up in my future goals. Like he mentioned, I was going to go to law school, but realized with the goal of increasing human rights for all of those around me, and in my community specifically, it's not necessary. And so, like you mentioned, I was able to pivot, and I credit that a lot to my understanding and value in human rights. So, talking about what we talked about this morning, you don't get here alone. There are a lot of people that support you, and being grateful and thankful for those things, I think, is what is going to propel me into being a future leader in human rights in the community. And I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity to meet with all of you, to listen to your stories, to see how you've gotten to this place, so that hopefully in the future when I'm older, I can continue being in the sphere around these people, around these ideas. And I'm so grateful and thankful for all of this, everybody coming together, the whole event. Thank you.
Linda Severson Award recognizes outstanding contributions to human rights by an individual in a service organization. Francine Spencer Thompson is this year's recipient. Francine was raised in a family of activists. She was carrying picket signs and attending protests with her mother to combat racial discrimination and support civil rights at, at a young age in Waterloo and for the past 35 years. Francine has been serving our community through her work at the Emma Goldman Clinic, most recently as the executive director. The clinic has the distinction of being the oldest, continuously operating, not-for-profit, feminist-identified provider of abortion care in the U.S. Francine's long tenure at the clinic has given her extensive experience in reproductive health care management. She has overseen the development and implementation of many cutting-edge services, the most recent including transgender care, including hormone therapy and PEP and PREP, which involve prophylaxis for HIV exposure. She continues to be challenged and motivated by the unending assaults within the reproductive justice and abortion care movement. Her passion includes training students and volunteers for the next generation of feminists, healthcare providers, and activists. Francine is a gift to our community as she inspires younger generations to voice their truths in the fight for reproductive justice. This world and our community is a better place with Francine in it. Please let us congratulate Francine. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Cleo. Um, I'm really honored to receive this award and to be counted among these really spectacular other um, incredible nominees. And I want to thank my friend and colleague, Catherine Edel, for nominating me and my office wife, Jennifer, for um, supporting me this morning. So for 35 years, I've had the privilege of being a part of the Emma Goldman Clinic, an organization that has never wavered in its commitment to this community and to the provision of safe and accessible reproductive health care to the people in the Midwest, and especially to those who are marginalized and underserved. And it's not been easy. Um, most years have been spent fighting some form of adversity, whether it's the antis, legislation, vandalism, bureaucratic challenges, and or just being a cash-strapped not-for-profit. But I'm so proud that the clinic will celebrate its 50th year in 2023, and I'm really proud of staying in the fight. Reproductive rights are human rights including the right to access abortion. And states have an obligation to provide women and girls, all pregnant people, with access to safe and legal abortion as a component of their basic human rights and responsibilities. We know that abortion bans and restrictions are harmful and they're inhumane. They will be most felt by those who are poor, who are rural, who are black, who are brown, and who are unable to travel outside of their jurisdiction to receive care. This Friday in Des Moines, once again, there will be a hearing convened by our governor to make decisions that should be left up to families and to individuals. I never expected that after 35 years of service, my three granddaughters would have less rights than I did when I started. 
I just won't settle for my work and for the work of my reproductive justice colleagues being in vain. We all want to leave this world a better place for those who, have, who come after us, and we have a pretty heavy fight ahead of us. As a sixth generation Iowan, now there's eight generations of my family in Iowa, this is not the Iowa that I remember. This is something a little bit different. Comprehensive reproductive health care, including abortion, are necessary to guarantee the right to life, health, privacy, and non-discrimination for all people. Access to safe abortion and contraception is critical so that my granddaughters and yours have options and don't have to face the potential for delayed dreams and deferred destinies. And while these extremists are trying to undermine all of our basic fundamental rights, because we know abortion is just the gateway and the beginning, we also know that the movement to support and liberate abortion is incredibly strong. I'd be remiss if I didn't thank the incredibly committed staff at the Emma Goldman Clinic, past and present. They are incredible. So I want to thank you for this award, and I want to thank you for voting between now and the 8th to make change and to keep Iowa a great place to live. Our next award is the Rick Graff Award. Na Lee was selected for this award due to her long-term commitment to a specific cause for the benefit of a specific group. She is a mother, wife, activist, University of Iowa master's recipient, and adjunct professor. Na Lee became aware of what impacted this community during the unrest and racial climate in 2020 and became devoted and, and devoted her time to making the community a better place for Asians and other disparate communities by improving the cultural competence of Iowa City and the surrounding areas. Na Lee believes small steps towards change are best. She eased into this activist role by introducing pieces of Asian culture to the community through the arts. These highlights represent the small steps she took and continues to take towards improving human rights in the community. As president of the Iowa City Chinese Association, Nali organized 11 events in the past year. She began with a petition, mobilized support, and worked with decision makers within the Iowa City Community School District to recognize and make the Chinese Lunar New Year a school holiday. The Asian community is the second largest racial group in this community, and the Lunar New Year is the most important holiday in Asian culture. The district agreed and recognized the importance of this celebration with a day off from school. In addition to the petition, Nali addressed, addressed a crowd of hundreds gathered in downtown Iowa City at a rally to speak out against Asian hate. She stood in solidarity with other groups and raised her voice against bigotry and violence. Let us all welcome Nali as she receives her award. Thank you, everybody. Um, <clears throat> Mutual numbers. Uh, I'd like to thank Iowa City community for supporting Iowa City Area Chinese Association to advocate Chinese culture through various activities and volunteer jobs. With the dedication of many brilliant board members, ICACA is able to um, create a culturally vibrant community 
This effort has been recognized by the city of Iowa City, which does not only encourage ICACA to go on, but also uh, shapes the global mind of future leaders, thus laying the foundation for the future human rights. Many thanks goes to Mayor Teague and Human Rights Commission for proclaiming May 18th as AAPI Day Against Bullying. It gave us encourage to stand up on our feet to fight against um, and to fight for human rights. It also makes the future generation realize how important it is to help others of different ethnic groups. So in September, during um, Mid-Autumn Festival, which is the second largest festival in China, ICACA has gathered the student music musicians together for an event called Music of Love. The students performed and raised over $2,000, which was donated to another nonprofit youth organization called United Action Against Youth. Yes, it is UAY. In the coming 2023 AAPI months, we are going to have another event called Art of Love, where the um, student artists will donate their paintings to, uh, for the auction to raise money to buy the books for the children's hospital. <clears throat> Both Music of Love and Art of Love come from the idea of food, food of Love, which was conducted by ICACA during food pandemic. We donated uh, free lunch to hospitals, churches, and uh, um, food pantries. <clears throat> So you see, we have food of love, music of love, art of love. How much we love you guys. <laughs> OK. So I'd also like to thank Iowa City School Community District for agreeing to take one day off to celebrate the Lunar New Year, the largest festival in East Asia, celebrated by over 1.5 billion, not million, it's billion, 1.5 billion people around the world, and to K-12 students from various backgrounds. And in this coming 2023, January, we are going to have Lunar New Year Gala in English Theater. Everybody sitting here is welcome to participate. And everybody in front of the screen, no matter TV screen or computer screen, is also invited. And this event cannot be possible without the support of Human Rights Commission. They gave us the grant to make it happen. And uh, if you are interested, Stephanie has details. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, um, I'd like to thank Cleo for nominating me. She sees me in the same front line of being mothers trying to protect our kids, making sure they are well fed, they have fair housing, they are respected, um, they are happy, healthy, and more. And I'd also like to thank my daughter, Elaine Chen, for coming here to support me, Cleo and Elaine. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.
Our final award this morning is the Heather L. Shank Lifetime Achievement Award. Heather served as the city's human rights coordinator from 1994 to 2005. Heather is remembered as someone who listened, perceived, researched, imagined, taught, and advocated to make a difference in the community over the course of her lifetime. This year, the award goes to Senator Joe Bolcom. Retiring Senator Bolcom is a model elected official. He is transparent, provides outstanding constituent service, and is always willing to speak up forcefully against injustice and passionately for civil rights and liberties. Senator Bolcom served Johnson County for six years as a supervisor and has served for 24 years in the Iowa Senate. Senator Bolcom has a distinguished record of supporting human rights statewide and in our local community. He was a longtime advocate for persons whose incomes de income designates them as moderate to low income. He fought for public education, affordable housing, disability rights, labor rights, fighting for reproductive freedom, against payday loans, against regressive taxes, and the list goes on. In 2006, he helped pass the first state law protecting against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity in employment, public accommodations, credit, housing, and education. Senator Bolcom continued to push to strengthen these protections and fought, against, and fought to add marriage equality to the law as well. Please help me welcome Senator Joe Bolcom to the podium to receive this award. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's great to be here. What a beautiful morning looking out on Iowa City. Um, let me start by thanking my dear friends David Lesh and Rod Sullivan for their nomination and members of the Iowa City Human Rights Commission and Stephanie Bowers uh, for this recognition. Thank you to members of the Iowa City Council, both past and present, for leading on human rights. Let me also congratulate the other award winners uh, this morning, but especially Francine Thompson for her lifetime of courageous work protecting privacy and reproductive freedom. I've always really enjoyed this breakfast and the celebration of the people and groups that make human rights happen every day in Iowa City and Johnson County. Over 38 years, these awards have been given to some amazing people and have been named after community leaders for their extraordinary contributions. Like a few other old timers here this morning, I had the privilege of knowing and working with Rick Graff, Linda Severson, Bill Reagan, and Heather Shank. Heather Shank was born in Iowa City. She graduated from West High School, became a nurse and a lawyer. In 1994, as Jason mentioned, Heather was hired as the Iowa City Human Rights Coordinator, a position she held for 21 years. Heather was a human rights leader. She made us aware of people's challenges living with HIV and AIDS. She was a champion for LGBTQ rights and anti-bullying measures. She loved people and welcomed newcomers to our community. She was a kind, gentle person that tenaciously advocated for fairness, justice, and equality. I'm extremely honored to accept the Heather Shank Lifetime Achievement Award today. If Heather was with us today, she'd be mad as hell and working overtime because the last six years have unleashed a poisonous bombardment of fear-mongering, racism, anti-Semitic, anti-democracy, anti-reproductive freedom, anti-immigrant, anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-teacher, 
anti-election worker, anti-free press, anti-science, pro-autocrat, pro-fascist, pro-violence, pro-Christian white nationalism, and just pro-nastiness. Human rights and our very democracy are under a wholesale assault in America in ways most of us could not have imagined. And sadly, this threat is homegrown. Our work today and for the foreseeable future will be to organize, speak up, and fight back. It's an ultramarathon. We must confront fair election deniers, racism deniers, climate deniers, reality deniers, and conspiracy theories. Governor Reynolds, in a recent re-election campaign ad, asked, has the rest of the country lost its mind? Seems like the right question being asked by the wrong person. I don't think she's talking about her fellow Republicans, not the mega insurrectionists. I think she's talking about all of us. We haven't lost our minds, have we? I haven't. We are totally woke, clear-eyed, and ready to continue to speak up and fight the BS and lies. We have an opportunity right now to make a difference. Early voting is underway. Let's all find three people in our lives, three young people, to join us in protecting our democracy. Young people can change the world if they decide to show up. Let me conclude by again thanking David and Rod and saying you can stop now <laughs> for, for their nomination and, and the, and the Iowa, Iowa City Human Rights Commission for all your work. And let me also thank Iowa City and Johnson County voters for their 30 years of support and trust. I've been incredibly blessed to represent all of you. I am forever grateful for your support and for the honor and privilege to serve. And while we have some profound challenges ahead, I know that we're up for the fight to bring the promise of civil and human rights to every Iowan and every American. Thank you. One purpose of these awards is certainly to recognize the honorees. Another purpose is that in so doing, their example might inspire others, all of us, to action and in serving others and improving our community. Let all those recognized today serve as role models that we may strive to do all we can as well. I'll now invite Vice Chair Ashley Lindley back to the podium to close our program this morning. Let's give all our honorees one more round of applause. Thank you. Thank you so much again to everyone that came today, everyone that's in attendance online, all of our honorees. The work you do is so, so incredibly important and we value all of your contributions in making our community, our state, our nation, our world a better place. What you do is really, really important. Um, we would also like to acknowledge all of the nominators we wouldn't be here without you, all of these folks. Uh, Sarah Waltz, Catherine Edel, Leslie Carpenter, Cleo McConnell, Ruthina Malone, David Lesh, 
Rod Sullivan, Rita Ufa, and Sam Simon Andrew. Um, we've got an amazing production team that made this possible as well. Thanks to our media folks. Thank you to Stephanie Bowers, who, as always, makes this event incredible every year. You work so hard. Thank you for everything you do, Stephanie. We've also got uh, professional photographer Dan Rowling here, capturing all of these amazing moments. Thank you to Dan. And please remember that this program has been recorded, so it will be available for viewing later online, just in case you want to pass it around your networks. Make sure everybody knows about all of the amazing work that is being done in the Iowa City community. Um, as a reminder, I would ask that all honorees and commission members uh, come forward at the end to be able to take individual and group pictures. We want to commemorate this and have lasting memories and photos of this moment. And uh, once again, just thank you to everyone for being here this morning. Have a wonderful rest of the day. And has already been stated several times, please remember to vote. Thank you. Thank you.